welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, Stacey Abrams, whom we have called and I think demonstrated as a created person. She's not what she appears to be. She's not an elected official. She's nothing, in my opinion, except for a person who was crafted by the establishment through a series of educational institutions and internships on a par with the World Economic Forum. We're talking Council on Foreign Relations, the State Department stuff. We're talking the British American Project, the uh, Yukos Oil. There was a an internship that was associated with Kissinger that she was a part of. She's really, she's really a an establishment creation and she is presenting herself and is accepted as some kind of grassroots activist who cares about the little guy being able to vote, particularly African-Americans and in Georgia. And I have noticed we've been talking about this trend where the, this, these so-called grassroots activists are demanding that corporations take a greater role in the democratic process, basically subvert our democracy, undermine our, what remains as a semblance, at least, of representative government. We were talking about it yesterday and the day before the Delta CEO comes out and it's not a left thing or a right thing. Brian Kemp said, Hey, man, you know, we were working with Delta uh, with this legislation before it passed before I signed it. If he had, we actually modified this legislation for, to meet his recommendations. This to me is absolute fascism. And it is implausible that this is the way to get that kind of change. And, and what she said actually is that, that boycott, like, so the call is if you, if, if the corporations don't take a stand and try to intervene in the legislation, they should be boycotted. But they're not ready yet to boycott because a lot of the boycotts actually make the people who boycott suffer because they can't get the products they want or they have to pay a higher price. It's not time for that. Or they work in that industry and they would be out of work. Like what? Like, like your the film industry. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. So... She's talking about that and but she's saying we don't have to do it yet. It's very it came across to me and I know Binkley came across to you in the same way that it was very kind of mob threat. That is how it sounded. Yeah. And and so there's a lot we can unpack on that. But let's start with that. But there's just a lot of points here to be made. One point is that They've done this before. Stacy's done this almost exact thing before, except she didn't have the corporations under seemingly under as much control as she did as she does now when she did it previously. But Hollywood came here. They had the tax incentives. They helped turn Georgia to a Democrat state. They're not just going to up and leave and let it just go right back to where it was. So this is a, a phony threat. If they all moved out of here, that would really hurt all the work that they've done. But Abrams published an article in. The USA Today, which reads as a real long 
mob-like threat to the corporations around the country because there's 42 other states in America that are considering similar legislation to Georgia's voting law legislation. And Abrams is basically going to them and saying, you see what happened here in Georgia? You see the pressure that they got? We know Delta apologized, but too little too late, Delta. Now other corporations, now it's up to you. And then she gives them three things that they can do, three ways that they can show that they understand what's at stake in these voting rights. And with the first one, she says that these corporations must publicly acknowledge, they must publicly acknowledge exactly what is actually going on right now in Georgia. And what's going on, you might ask? Well, she she believes that the statement from Georgia, as I said, too little, too late. They didn't stop it when they could have. They let it happen. The damage has been done Delta. to people of color. Yeah, Delta. So Delta, their, their words are empty words and doesn't matter. So they corporations must not be like them. They must instead speak out now while they still have an opportunity to stop the legislation or to change the legislation. She's insisting that they exercise a more aggressive form of corporate fascism right now is what she's doing. And she's doing it in the form of a threat saying, you do this now or you're going to have these hit squads on social media come after you and try to cancel and boycott you like we did to the ones in Georgia. It's up to you. And for me, it is absolutely Delta playing along because they did get involved in the process in a way that I consider to be unconstitutional or at least undesirable, lack transparency. But I agree with you that it is a threat to the rest of the world. in, In the article I read, I think from The Hill, it says that the... She says Abrams outlined suggestions for Georgia companies to take substantive action to promote voting rights, including encouraging corporations that do business in other states, considering similar laws to speak out before they are passed. So we're really talking about getting in there and manipulating legislation outside the legislative process. It's how we got Obamacare. George Soros and his team crafted it behind the scenes. This is not what we want. And I have something to add. And these are the hippies. These are the progressives, the people on the left, people who in the 60s would have been at Woodstock that are begging the corporations to work with them, demanding it. It's crazy. It's so true. It's like humanitarian bombs in Syria or mandatory vaccinations from like Governor Moonbeam back in the in a couple of years ago in California. So so it goes a little deeper than that, in my opinion. So Delta is playing along. They did get it, get ahead, get involved ahead. They are doing it now. They all do it under this guise of stakeholder equity as if the best representative of camaraderie with minorities is these giant global corporation heads. They call it equity. I used to think that was just an excuse. Now I think it is actually the opposite, that it is the stepping stone to neo-colonialism like we talked to Alison McDowell about. But These guys all are already in lockstep with the World Economic Forum plans, how they want to do it. They are the ground zero for stakeholder capitalism, which is an extension of fascism. Make no mistake. And for me, the Delta guy, they are they are engaged in a play and a demonstration. And the purpose is to because not every company is on board with the World Economic Forum. Yes, this covid lockdown decimated private enterprise really destroyed the mom and pop sector of the economy, but it didn't completely or nearly destroyed. But the final death blow isn't there yet. 
to the extent that some of them are still gasping for air, they're still going to survive this, they have to be pressured into following all the same policies, whether or not they think they're right for their business or even right for their community. I'd much rather trust them. But it's this perception of right pushed down from the top that comes from this cancel culture that these guys are engaged. Abrams and Delta, for example, are engaged in a dance that will is setting the stage for nobody to to exercise their own will about how they want to run their business, whether or not they want it to be a social statement or why. Yeah. And I want to tell you the other two things that she tells corporations to do. But to your point about the Great Reset, in this article, she calls for she talks about how she tells her activists that she trains, that she urges these young activists to speak up, show up and stand up and that she expects no less from the economic pillars of our community. And then she calls on Americans to hold these corporations to their professed values by measuring their actions, measuring their actions and demanding they stand with her agenda and measuring the actions in this way is what the ESG, the environmental social governance standards, the global standards of the Great Reset are trying to hand down. That is what she's talking about. Now, the second thing that she said that corporations must do, and, and she's not even saying suggest, she's saying they must do. She's a she's a bully in this article. She says she that she's always a bully. That's her right. MO. And the way she words this, because she's like the high priest of morality in America, this is her words. Corporations eager to prove their good faith, eager to prove their good faith. So good faith, according to her, they can do so by refusing to fund legislators who push what she's calling anti-democratic and racist legislation and should instead take. You're not going to give that money to them. Instead, you're going to give that money to these people I tell you to, to these projects that help the poor, the elderly students and those people who are isolated to get identification that they need to vote in 2022. Now, then she goes on to to say, but first of all, you can support somebody who pushes legislation about voter ID and also help donate to causes helping people get IDs. She's trying to make you think that's separate because one's racist and one's not. They aren't separate. You can help both causes. But she goes on to explain that even though it's free to get voter IDs, it's not really free. And the reason it's not really free is because of the limited hours there is to get the ID, because of the transportation difficulty, because the documents necessary to get it are hard to locate. It's hard to find the documents. It is mandatory for children to attend school. And in California, public or private school, it is mandatory for those children to have vaccinations and proof of vaccination. So is she coming out against that? Because that is... Government mandated ID for something that is considered a human right and is a law. There, there's if they can mandate ID to prove vaccination in kids to go to school, which is not just optional like voting, it's required. Why is that mechanism not inequitable? Why is that mechanism yeah. functional? Why is that mechanism has zero failure? There's zero failure. They must be better at locating the identification documents necessary when it comes to that context. If, if someone can't find the documents or at least find somebody to help them find documents, is that somebody who should be voting? I don't care what race they are. That's just like a, the, whole, the whole idea is ridiculous. And the third one, 
she says, so it's funny because she's like, all right, you're going to do this and you're going to do this now. We're going to send social media mobs after you. And then you're going to take your money you're given here. You're going to give it where I tell you. And now what you're going to do is you must, you must stand up for voters. And the way you stand up for voters is by endorsing the federal voting rights standards yes, included in the that. For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. <laughs> and here's why she says that they must support her agenda, which is what these are, is the For the People Act would ensure America access to democracy would ensure that their access to democracy does not depend on the state that they live in so the act is currently written would guarantee automatic voter registration in-person early voting and no excuse absentee absentee voting regardless of geographic location and in the john lewis voting rights advancement act it would restore enforcement of the voting rights act which would block states that would disenfranchise voters of color in the future with black laws that would disenfranchise them. So she wants to, it's just a blatant call to federalize elections. Yeah, that's right. I, I noticed that too. So we're obviously going to keep up on that story, but it's just, it's just maddening. All roads point to fascism here and it's actually pretty upside down that, you know, it's funny. It's like that old thing where they said, like, fascism will come here, but it'll be wrapped in a flag and holding a Bible. Yeah. So it always acts like that's where it's going to come from, that Christianity and self-righteousness and all that kind of stuff. And that's definitely something that's being exploited in the right and demonized in the right. But it's but the left are falling for the same thing. Fascism is coming wrapped in, you know, a rainbow. Absolutely. Real quick, here's what Biden said. Biden jumped in on the action about the voter law thing in Georgia. During an interview with ESPN, he told the reporter, Sage Steele, that the laws in Georgia, the newly passed laws, are Jim Crow on steroids. And then he went on to support moving the MLB All-Star Game out of Atlanta in response to the law. And he said this. This This is what he said. He said, Speaking about the laws, look at what happened across the board. The very people who are victimized the most the most are the people who are the leaders in these various sports. It's just not right. He's saying that Hawks and Braves players <laughs> can't find the documents to go get yeah. their ID because I guess it, it's like the school thing. Those people. Well, those guys are in that NBA bubble. They're they have ser- they probably aren't even allowed to go out without their phones. They probably need to have their location traced at all times. I mean, they do. They have ankle monitors and stuff in the bubble. Yeah, there's no way you can't verify the identity of those but guys. Apparently, Trey Young can't get an ID, so he's just not never going to be able to vote. It's, that's the most absurd statement I've ever heard. The pro athletes having a hard time getting their IDs, implying well, it's anyway. so racist. It's unbelievable. It's totally racist. It's condescending. <laughs> it's, so it's racist. Ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Darn ridiculous. All right, so let me tell you about just without getting into the nitty gritty of Biden's spending law like so this the Stacey Abrams thing I could just I don't know if I tweeted it but I did for the Biden thing just straight out of Davos you know just straight out of Davos it's just this well Biden's spending bill his quote the only quote in the world Wall Street Journal about it so he's introducing a 2.3 trillion dollar spending bill it'll be over eight years I'd like to say a few things about it I know it gets a little boring to talk about policy but I think it's worth a few comments that uh, he he said the pandemic has exposed longstanding inequities. <laughs> Does that like Heard literally that, <laughs> that was it? Yes, that was in event 201. I bet I could find 
I bet Klaus Schwab has said those exact words after the fact, but they were also in Event yeah. 201 and those fake news reports before coronavirus happened. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's even a deep fake of Biden saying those exact same things somewhere. I mean, I've heard those exact words. Absolutely. Me too. Like, I literally think that Klaus Schwab has said those exact words, and I'm pretty sure it was in the videos as well. So... So this is a uh, it's it is broken down as like um, maybe a quarter of it is supposedly infrastructure. There's so 600 billion in infrastructure, 400 building billion helping the aged and disabled, 300 building to boost manufacturing, 213 billion for affordable housing and 100 billion for broadband they they want to shore up the domestic semiconductor manufacturing, which may be why they're like talking about chip shortages. They want to modernize 20,000 miles of roadway and install 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations. Smart they roads. Want, yeah. They want to mandate low carbon energy. I hate wind and solar. It's very ugly. But what really pissed me off is that McConnell, Mitch McConnell, said, if this is a Trojan horse for a massive tax increase, put me down as highly skeptical. Okay, there's a couple things wrong with that. First of all, he's saying it's going to come from corporate taxes. The whole thing, taxes are all regressive. They're all about people who are earning and spending. The people who are actually using the Air Force to protect the like vast majority of farmland and stuff they use are not the rank and file paying for this. All spending and taxing to seems to me is either redistributing the wealth to less productive causes or whatever. It's just taking resources that would have been allocated efficiently in a free market and deciding to allocate them in a different way, which is by definition, Less efficient. If you if you don't understand, it, you want to explore that concept. Look up Coase's theorem. Coase, C O A S E. Ronald Coase. It's one of my favorite economic theorems. <laughs> it's <laughs> about so how many great ones. There's so many great ones. So uh, he so he said that assets get allocated, resources get allocated to their best use, even in the presence of transaction costs. They simply won't languish poorly used because the whoever needs them, you know, ultimately, maybe something's buried in the ground. I don't know. But so. So things get allocated correctly. And if you're going to intervene, it's for, quote, equity. But your idea of equity may not be correct. A lot of people are making choices to either choose a certain amount of money or a lifestyle or whatever. So if you're measuring everything in dollars, you're per force undervaluing people's choices. Then you have the tax end of it. Again, you're making decisions on equity. Your decision, your decision of who to take money away from. That is all taxes are. Who are you taking money away from? And all of that either is designed to, to, uh, satiate your desire for equity or your supposed desire for equity as a voter or a politician or it's there to serve a policy agenda 
that you want a certain thing. So if you want us to not own our own cars and you make roads that are for driverless electric vehicles, you are going to serve a policy agenda that might be for control. So for McConnell to say, if this was just about taxes, as if anyone was like, secretly, we're going to spend all this money not to buy votes, but just to increase taxes. Okay, maybe, but that doesn't really make sense. It's just playing into that Democrats are evil, which isn't how this comes off. It is. I hate it. I mean, you know, every every previous president is better than every subsequent president because debt always goes up under every subsequent president. But Trump did lead the way in not caring at all about deficits ever, not once. I mean, he may have cared about them, but he always signed off on whatever they put in front of him, deficit and spending wise. And just like Bush paved the way for Obama, these these kind of things are one, you know, they just pave the way for the next guy, regardless. Yeah, of Trump party. also talked about infrastructure all the time. I don't know. I know. You know it sounds very similar. What I know he got about that. Republicans to think that that was an OK thing. That is true. All right. So we. Uh, oh, I have to tell you. In our last story of the free 30. I have to tell you, Binkley, right after you told us in yesterday's last story of the Free 30 about the first rule of radicalizing terrorists, I highly recommend people go back and listen to that. It was such a Beider-Meinhof phenomenon, which I think also may refer to a bunch of terrorists, that happened to me right after that. And I'll tell you what the Beider-Meinhof phenomenon is, plus how your rule of radicalizing terrorists played into my aha moment later in the day. And in the patron 15, which is where we get to deeper stuff and somehow also lighter stuff. So we spend a little more time. We have a few more laughs and sometimes a few more mind blowing moments in there. We will answer the question, who is literally living the Truman Show right now? And Microsoft patented its plan for harvesting maybe not your blood and your tears, but definitely your sweat. Seriously, I'll tell you about that in the Patreon 15. And of course, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show, True Hemp Science. Our guy from True Hemp Science showed up on our Zoom party this month. It was very nice to see him in person, although I've spoken to him on the phone. He continues to give me great personalized information about his products. I am it's very fun. So I love this number 32. I absolutely love it. I'm, I mean, I don't use the word hooked because I'm definitely not hooked. If I didn't, if I forgot to have a few drops of that in my water at night, it wouldn't, um, send me into paroxysms, but I just love it. I love the way it tastes. It really, uh, I, I agree with so many testimonials that it just kind of elevates the mood, reduces the anxiety. I'll have to look up and see about the studies and stuff. I know the FDA does not let you like say, oh, this does that. But in my personal experience, I have been loving it. But there's all sorts of actually fun stuff, even though his stuff is super, super high end. 
he had very pure. He does have the fun stuff, the gluten-free brownies and cookies, the gummies, all those great skin products. I just got a I got on Groupon a massage and the chick was like telling me, oh, my gosh, you have to get the CBD massage, blah, blah, blah. And I started telling her about the True Hemp Science products. And she was like, oh, I really need a super uh, pure quality um, source for CBD. So she's in touch with them now. And uh, I just highly recommend that if you're interested in CBD products or you already use them, check out True Hemp Science. Go to the landing page, which is what? True Hemp Science dash Proport. Do you remember what that is? It's, oh, sorry, slash, truemscience.com slash prop report. And you can use the coupon code prop code, but set up an appointment. They, they, he'll talk to you on the phone. It's pretty cool. So you can either support us by supporting our sponsors or support us by supporting us. And you can do that by joining our Patreon right now, patreon.com slash propaganda report. The basic $7 level gets you all our premium content and all our free content without commercials. I mean, it's well over 20 hours a week, uh, 20 hours a month of really high quality content. And if you want to go to this week's first Friday disappearing patron party, which is tomorrow, go one level higher and become a patron of the truth. It's very fun. And if you don't like it, you can drop back down. And I have to say, we have gotten a crazy amount of positive feedback on our most recent Rockfin drop. So if you want to see those deep dive videos that uh, I just got an email today, Binkley, which I did not yet share with you. I didn't get a chance to forward it to you, but like what a fantastic job you're doing just picking out the those moments where the deep state just tells each other like what the plan is and how to implement it. I mean, it's really, really blows my mind. All I have to sit do is sit there and get my mind blown. But you can look yeah. at it yourself at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Part three is dropping today. Oh, is it? Oh my gosh. It's so good. That That is where we were just kind of like it was like that Sesame Street cartoon or crawling across the desert in need of agua because it's only so many times you you can your head can explode without <laughs> stopping being coherent. <laughs> it was great, though, the whole thing. Anyway, highly recommend people check that out. And uh, if you do join Patreon, you will no longer hear these uh, useful promotions, but. That is, that's a little bonus. You don't have any of the commercial stuff. And now on to the last, last story of the free 30. You ready, Binkley? I'm ready. I, okay. I, I can I say one thing about yeah. the ad. We were talking about an ad a moment ago, but you're not allowed to say things because of the FDA about, about hemp and stuff like that. However, Fauci can say whatever he wants about vaccines, right. despite the FDA not approving. That's. It. Amazing. And and one really notorious case was Jonathan Emord was he won and against the FDA, the FDA was intentionally suppressing information that folic acid in the pregnant woman as a supplement reduces the risk of spina bifida, which is where like the baby's spine kind of grows outside the um, vertebrae. It's really awful. I think that's what it is. Not only did he win that they were not allowed to suppress that information, he had to go back and sue them again to lift the ban to stop prosecuting people who 
promoted that. Yeah, children were born with spina bifida who would not otherwise have been born with spina bifida because they refuse to allow truth out. It's really messed up. He wrote a book about it, about the global censorship of health information. And I've, I've communicated with him. I sent him a, a present, a little, the book, um, uh, the tale of the midwife toad. I found very interesting. I thought he would like, anyway, I haven't heard back from him. He's probably a busy guy. He's probably one of those guys, like a thousand dollars an hour to talk to him. He won't answer my emails, but that's okay. I'm, I respect him nonetheless. So, Yes. Uh, and speaking of sponsorships, we do w- want to remember that we have the neighbors meet up on April 18th. Mm-hmm. So they are our lovely sponsor as well. So, OK, let me just tell you what happened last night. So I was watching. I was looking for stuff. You know, I'm kind of into I'm sick of paying for things. I was like kind of fast and loose with the buy movies but now i'm just like looking for stuff on amazon prime or netflix or whatever that's worth watching so i stumbled upon a usa network series so it was a tv series but now it's on prime called mr robot have you heard of it i have you have mm-hmm. okay without spoiling it at all i've seen like the first episode um, i haven't seen it i've only okay heard it, yeah heard good things bad things thumbs up thumbs down I think people like it from what I, I gather. Okay. I, All right. That's enough. So I'm pathological. I'm not going to say it's anybody else's fault, but I am pathological about spoilers. I like everything to be just complete surprise every minute. I don't even like to know what genre something is. So I'm bad with like, <laughs> I make my husband look up the blurbs. I'm like, this has like a seven. Look it up and don't read the blurb to me. Like he has to do the screening because I don't even want to know what it's about. Seriously. It's messed up. Anyway, I'm like the bear in the zoo, like with the food. Like if you just put the food on the plate, I can't eat it. But if you hide it under a tree stump, then I can eat it. It has to be revealed to you. It, ha- it has to. I has. It has to have some because most stuff is so bad that it's not even worth like paying attention to. It's so obvious. And I, I'm not going to say I didn't guess the ending of the, like the first episode. I did, but it was still good. But here's was my aha moment. And it was right exactly after you had expressed. So the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon is, Bader-Meinhof phenomenon is when you hear a word, the meaning of a word, you never heard it before in your life. And then all of a sudden you hear it like every day for three days. Yeah. It's probably because not knowing what it meant, your brain just dismissed it. Yeah, there's a priming effect with it happens. Yeah, when you hear, there you yeah. go. So I, I don't know if this was strictly that, but I turn on Mr. Robot, first episode, first scene. It says this. It said, I sh- I'm actually meant to go and write it down, but it said basically this. There is a group of people, the 1% of the 1% who run the world act as God without our consent. And I'm like one small guy. I'm a weird loser. And I'm just trying to do my part in resisting it. And I was just like, not only did I plug it into what you said yesterday, I came to a conclusion about what's happening to us today because of that. Okay. So yesterday you told us the first rule of radicalization, which is pertinent to the Rockfin video and, and our free 30 yesterday is that there's the, the good guy is the little struggling guy. Who's the victim against these big forces. 
Right. Is yeah. that at least in part what we're talking about? Okay. Yeah. So the reason that you were reading is this in the way is, they structure the narrative to people, they structure it where the they're the yes. in opposition, good. they're good, they're moral, they're right. Yes. Okay. And she was saying how to radicalize people. This is a, a government contractor, basically, like a virtual, like a psychological mercenary, I would call her. Ajit Man, you can't help but respect her abilities. But so presumably, I mean, I think they may even say this outright, but it's like, how do you, I've heard her clips, thanks to you. And she says, like, this is how you, what, what you need to do when you're going into a country that's run by bad guys that you want to overthrow it. This is how you do it. You radicalize people, whatever. They, they're using it against us too. And I'll tell you how. So I'm listening and I'm like, this, this is completely right. Right. I agree with that. There's this conspiracy at the top of a bunch of a-holes completely above the government, whatever. And, Binkley and I are freedom fighters for that, right? Like we're good guys struggling. We feel oppressed. I'm I'm not, I'm not saying that's inauthentic. Like it's totally authentic. And, and I am, we are good guys and people listening, supporting are good guys resisting this. But here's the thing. Cause we're, we're smart. We've got our eyes open. We didn't show up on January 6th. You told people not to show up on January 6th. So why are they feeding us this narrative, which is true? Which is true. It's a true narrative. Why are they feeding us this narrative? And I figured out why. Which narrative specifically? The victim? That there's a conspiracy at the top. Right. That is oppressing us all without permission, totally anti-democratic, above the things, and that we are all the victims. And to the extent that we resist it, we're good. Yeah. Okay. That, in my opinion, is true. So why are they... What is their goal in constructing that? And this is what I came up with. And I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I might be wrong. People say whether they're right or wrong. I think they did it because they wanted to activate a certain tier of whatever enhanced dysfunctional subculture, whatever that would either try to upend our system or try and fail and elicit a backlash that effectively upends our system. And I'll tell you what I mean. So we have a constitution and a bill of rights. The constitution itself, I think, was an illegitimate coup against the Articles of Confederation. However, I do think it is the best and the bill of rights, the best defense we have against government and um oppressive tyranny in the world today. I think that this country having that legal structure is our best defense against total tyranny. And what they want, what the second Homeland Security guy said, Chertoff, was that he wants Congress to come up with a fundamentally different legal architecture for this country. That's what they want. And they can get that one of two ways. Either they can set a bunch of agents provocateur to literally burn it down and replace the government, or they can get those people to elicit a fundamental change, an inside coup of that government, or de facto regime change without actually tearing up the Constitution, just gutting it, all of which they are doing. And I'm not saying I'm in favor of the state, in favor of the Constitution, or any of that. I'm just saying I think those people above, you know, like Stacey Abrams and the Delta guy, they are trying to subvert any last vestige of accountability, transparency, or representative democracy that we have 
because it does constrain them. It is what I've always said it was, I think, kicking the can of tyranny down the road. And I feel like, I mean, that was a big thing. I'm not going to repeat it, but I I really had an epiphany there. And I'm, I'm interested in what people have to say. I wish that we had a call in show still. That's that's very I think you're on to something there that there's definitely some strategy going on in the revelation of the revealing what is true is in effect causing revealing what is true, but making it ideological, making it tied to people's emotions, to their identity, to who they are. It causes people to have two sides of it and causes conflict around it. And one thing she did say that speaks to that is she said that narratives are always strategic and they're most powerful when we don't know whose strategy they serve. Well, it's very difficult to figure it out. And maybe I'm wrong, but I have to say, like, there's something to it. They keep they are weaponizing truth, weaponizing truth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Another name for that model she gives for that. The terrorist recruitment model is the narrative weaponization model. That's another name she has for it. So it's interesting. Really? Narrative weaponization. Yeah. The narrative weaponization model. Uh, okay, good. Thank you. I had to write that down before I forgot. Okay, so I do have a couple of shout outs to talk about as supporters of the show. We got a couple of patrons, new patrons. Thank you so much, Angela and Ashley. Much obliged. I think Ashley. Yes, fantastic. So Ashley and Angela. Yeah. And we also have a. So I will, both of you gals will get a, an invitation to the BP, DPP tomorrow night. Hopefully you can join us. And then Sean shouted out to us, kind of funny, I'm sure it's a local, Atlantan. I overheard a little of the red state fake the other day. I was in somebody else's car. I don't listen to him anymore. And all he was saying was how the vaccine will keep you alive and out of the hospital. He named all three vaccines and pleaded that everyone go get one. Truth be told, I've never liked him. But fake people are even further down my list. Thanks to you guys for being real and calling a spade a spade. Keep up the good work and keep fighting the good fight. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> that's another favorite that expression cool. of one of those hosts so yeah super fun and hopefully we will see sean angela ashley and all the other patrons of the truth friends of the show and patron saints on tomorrow's dpp it's my favorite day of the week or every other week i guess is the case maybe and now all that fun stuff for the patron 15 let's hit it all right, you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that Monica was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron or go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and sign up there. We will talk to you guys tomorrow or in the Patreon 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.